You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Howdy do, buckaroos, and welcome to Comics My Kids Podcast, the official podcast for the Comics Cornerbox.blogspot.com. I am your host, Matt D, and with me today is Melody D. All right, wow. Melody. Here we are again in the Halloween season. So today we are continuing our travels into a magical realm with dragons, vampires, pixies, and other cryptids. What book do we have today, Mel? Storyline Book 2 by Sylvia Doye and drawn by Paola, <laughs> Paola Antista. Yeah, Paola Antista. And you know what, Melly? I did find out that she's actually Italian and Sylvia Doye is French. So it's a European style book. It's a what? It's European. You know, it didn't make any Europe. sense. If it's French and Spanish, therefore it should be. For Spanish. For Spanish. French and Spanish. It's, it's Italian. Time. French. It's that makes an no Italian, sense. It's an Italian artist. And French, French and Italian. Yeah. Why is it so confusing? I don't know. Why would it be confusing? Because it's European, but it's not supposed to be European. It should Why? be one of the two. Okay, well. I don't understand anything. Continue. It, there are no borders when it comes to um, making comics. I just never realized that does make well, sense. Well, except for the borders around the panels. That's oh, a different kind of border. So anyway. Well, fantastic, Mel. All right, listeners, here are some spoilers in the beginning of our review that you may want to read the first book uh, before listening to this. Or just listen to the podcast so you get kind of the memo of what it is. Yeah, but we didn't want to spoil the end of the book. And the way that this picks up. Yeah, you you got to read the end of the book. You have to read the end of the book of the first one in order to pick up. So why don't you go ahead and pause this, go read the first book, and then come back and listen to this uh, review of Soraline Book 2. Okay, now that you're in pause. <laughs> All right. Okay, I just had to say. Shall that. we dive into uh, into the book, and you can tell us a little bit about it? You betcha. All right. Well, Mel, how about you give us a synopsis of the story? Synopsis. So this one was about um, Soraline. Well, first, let me not say that first. Let me talk about, a little bit about what the first part is about. Yeah. It's cause... about... Backstory. Okay. What's our so, backstory? Our backstory is uh, a little bit about how Soraline's mother is Madame S. But, like, none of them know about that. Wait a minute. Is this before or after she becomes a vampire? Bumble. Okay. It's before. So, yes. Um, Madame S actually shows up to Mr. I can't remember his name. Professor. That's Professor Balzar. Balzar. Yes. So, um, when she shows up to the professor's door, she asks him to take care of her because she has two children. She has twins in Mm -hmm. her belly, and she's been bit by a vampire. A vampire or a vampire? Same thing. Alright, so she shows up and she's asking for help because she's going to become a... Vampire. Vampire. And she delivers two children, 
but then she forgets all about it when becoming a vampire, and then the two children... Well, why, why does she forget about it? Why can't she remember her human life? Because of the poison. The, the vampire poison? venom. Or the vampire venom. Venom. Okay. So now she's she forgot about her human life, and she forgot about her two children. What happens to the two children? They get separated. Yeah. But... Then, all of a sudden, they meet each other at the Island of War. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. We know know that Sorolein is one of the twins, but who's the other twin? Where does that come in? That's a good question. Reading this book, you'll find out that she learns Meroid is her twin. Oh, yeah. But before you get to that, though... What happened to Soraline at the end of the previous book? She uh, basically fainted. Well, she went, fell into a coma. Yeah. Coma, coma, coma. Come on. Why did she fall into the coma, though? Because she was trying to send herself back to her real world. By the way, that was quoted because it's not true. Oh, is that why you had your hands up in quotation marks? The real world? Yes, that's because it's not the real world where okay. she belongs. So, um, in that process, her friend, without realizing, closes this book that was supposed to send her back. That makes her stuck between the two realities. She can't be in either. She's stuck in her head. Right. So they, how did the uh, how did the apprentices and the professor get her out of this coma? They um, used this potion. Where um, Tara, Tara accidentally mixes, well not accidentally, she intentionally mixes Madame S's blood with Sorine. And they get told this backstory, but... Oh, that's right. That's how um, they found out about it, because yes. of the potion. But it wasn't the potion that they were trying to make to bring her out of the coma. They discovered what? What, what could they use? They read the book backwards. Right. So the professor reads the book to Sorine, which after a brief time, allows her to wake up. And then what happens? They, um, well, in this process, you forgot to mention, Tara was put asleep by this other potion. Mm, And they were trying to use her bad dreams to, um, bring some weird monster over, which we'll get to find out who that is later. And it brings this dream eater. Oh, right. The Baku, which is a, it's, it's kind of neat how it's, it's, it's drawn. Cause it's like part elephant, part dragon. It's like this Chinese nightmare eating creature. Yeah. And, uh, Soraline, or not Soraline, but, uh, Tara, Tara is the one that summons this Baku. You, which they use to hopefully don't write on that um, to eat the nightmare that they think is attacking Soraline, right? Right. But instead, the, the Baku eats what? The weird monster from Tara's dream. Yeah. So after this happens, what 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 what's next? What do we what do we what do we get into next? Um. Soraline wakes up from that book thing, and then, um, I'm so sorry to forget. 
Uh, All right, so here, let me let me kind of help you out here then. So Soraline wakes up from her coma, and at in a really brief, like, one-page um, story, she helps out Marode because Marode was turned to glass because he looked into his own reflection because apparently he had some of the Gorgon's abilities. Yes, which <clears throat> it wasn't even because he was taking care of her. It was because that venom from Madam S, actually a little bit of it, went to each of the children and it gave them different abilities. So Alain's ability is she can see what's in people's dreams, which is a little fun fact that we'll get into after this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Maroids, um is he's like a Gorgon. If he shows you his right eye, you turn to glass instead of stone. Yeah. And then that's when they discover after uh, Soraline somehow magically brings him back to non-petrification, uh, they learn that they're twins. And Marode kind of explains that, hey, you know, all this happened was because I was trying to protect you. I kept turning people into glass because you were upset. Um, and they kind of make up. And then the rest of their friends um, find them and see that they're both moving around normally. And then, of course... While all that was going on, they had a new student at the school. Charlie, who cannot see um, anything there. None of the magical creatures. Which there. is really weird. I mean, here she, he's somebody that was able to read the book and transport himself to the aisle, but yet he can't see all the cryptids. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe because he didn't have any special abilities when coming to this world. Mm, could be. So then what happens next? What do we what do we learn about Charlie and the professor? Um, I'm not going to get into that too much because I already left off some questions to be asked. Uh, okay, uh, true. Answered. Yeah, there are some so, questions that we'll leave the readers to when, try to discover. Yes, when I was um, talking about Soraline's power, mm-hmm. I said how she could go into people's dreams. That omen was not from her dream. Okay. And that is the thing I wanted to say because... This omen, my favorite character, of course, when we talked about it, um, she finds out that this isn't her dream that she can see the omen in. It's someone else's. So that's when she tells Charlie to go wake up each person one by one and see which um, one, when it's awoken, the omen disappears. I will tell you which one in a few seconds because... Um, that's talking about Charlie now, so. No, no, it's okay. I was just sure? going to say, sure? I, I was just well, going to say, I, I, all I wanted to say about Charlie is that he, you know, he has no ability to see, and there's something special about the professor that I don't want to give away, but it, it, the reader will definitely, when they read it, they're like, oh, wow, that's really, really kind of clever. Mm-hmm. But the big point is that Charlie can't see anything magical or any kind of magical beings, and so that kind of helps move the storyline along, and you kind of get a big, a big reveal and a big twist. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm going to leave that for the reader to, to discover. Yeah, I think that's a better idea since I already told you that there is an omen in someone else's dream. I'm not going to spoil that because for me, it was really cool to find out. Okay. But I still kind of find it funny because if you read the first book after reading the second book, like you read the first one, you read the second one, go back and read the first one, it already gives it away to you. Like, when you really notice it, it already gives away to you who has the omen in their dream. Oh, yeah, true. They they 
the uh, Sylvia did manage to uh, not Sylvia Soraline. No, no, the so writer. Watch too much the, the, the writer Sylvia, the one who wrote the book. My name is she, Sylvia. When all coincidence. Well, Sylvia wrote the book. She put that in there so that you know, if you go back and reread it, you can see that oh, hey, there was those little elements put in there to ha- kind of help move the storyline along. Yep. So. Well, I think she was more intending it to make it look like Soraline had that in her dream, but nope, it yeah. wasn't when Soraline. It was a, it was a clever, clever writing, uh, writing mm-hmm. mystery. So, Melly, are there any other mysteries that you'd like to talk about in the book, so that we don't, but something that's not real pivotal that we can probably also talk about? Well, I'm not going to give this away, but um, when. Moroid had turned himself to glass. Before that, he had warned um, Alcide Al- Al- to um, leave Soraline alone. And then, in the process of that, Alcide goes missing. Right. So, in this one, if you see these random notes scattered everywhere, it's because one of the students there, it could be Alcide, but don't know that yet. It could be some random other person that had appeared on the island of Gore. And they're wrapped in snakeskins in this one because they're trying to figure out who is this. Is it some weird person we know or someone that was missing? Right. And I'm going to say one little thing here. Okay. This is probably like one of those books where, um, and I'm just saying this so that you don't think it's something that it's not. So um, it could be one of these books where I think this sometimes on movies um, it could be one of those books where, like, this is just one of the, like, second or first sessions. Maybe there's more books, but it's about different characters. So maybe there was previews, like, previous ones before this that also led to the Island of Ore. So maybe it's one of the previous students, or it's still a different person or same student. So you're talking about a prequel. Yes, I'm talking about okay, a prequel. Okay, I'm like... What are you trying to say? But you, you basically you th- a prequel, yes. Yeah, I'm you're thinking that if there's a prequel, that maybe this is a previous student. Okay, now I get, get what you're saying. You already know the answer, but this well, is just yeah. to keep you interested. Yeah, well, it is. It is another interesting mystery. Um, yes, which right. is a fun mystery because if you try and keep scrambling those letters around, you might get the name of the person, which you may not know the name anyway. Okay, well, so. we won't dive very much more into it. All right, well, I think this is uh, this is a good stop stopping point for the actual story synopsis. So why don't we talk a little bit about the book itself? What did you think about this particular book? What 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 appealed to you the most? Um, Dad, you forgot to mention something. What's that? <clears throat> Let me give you a little scroll here. Well, how about you talk instead of scrolling? So this book, um they look into these like microscope thingies too and it can actually show you some pretty school cool stuff and charlie does get weird eye drops in his eyes so oh right they do see everything yeah they do <clears throat> they do address the charlie issue um they put uh was it elvis elvish tears in his eyes or something like that um or elvish drops so that he can see the magical creatures but uh, yeah, like I said, I I don't want to delve too much more into the story because it's a really fun story. Uh, what I'd like to know more about Melody is what you thought about the book in general and the in the book series. You left out half the book. Can we still talk? If you want to. Okay. 
And when you figure out the phone thing about the professor, it'll lead you to this case of a mysterious new type of cryptid. Weird animal looking thing. Call it Chimera? Yes, and they think it has something to do with Vor. And I'll remind you one thing. This place is called the Island of Vor because Born. there used to be an evil, like, soul taker named Vor. Vorn. Vorn. And he is, like, the Grim Reaper of this book. Yeah. But he's also a vampire. Yes, he's a vampire. And so. And I think if any, if our readers can draw conclusions, you can kind of determine what Madame S has to do with Vorn. Yeah. So. They discover this weird beast, and it has something to do with each child that came here, and that's why they could read these things. Mm -hmm. It had something to do with um, their personality, but well, I'm not going to say what, because star it's signs. interesting. Dad, I was leaving that out. It's okay. It's Yes, it's their star signs that they have to do. I'm not going to tell you which animals, because Dad already gave away most of that. So, um, after discovering the animal, they have... They think it has something to do with Born, and so they decide to search for Born, but they cannot find him. And then the rest of the book, I want to leave us on unspoiled. Okay. Because really cool. All right. Well, if you were to compare this to another magical series that you've read or seen something on, what would you say this is This is closest to? Storyline book one? Well, no, no, the okay, okay. the actual whole series. Like, is, is there anything else that you've read in the past before Soraline that okay. you would compare this to? Like, if you were, if someone said, "Hey, I like to read X," and you would suggest Soraline, what would you rec? What what book kind of reminds you of that? Hold on, hold on. I'm trying to picture this book's name. I can't remember it. Um, I don't think you read it, Dad. Okay. Okay, you can start wrapping things up, and if it pops in my head, I will say right. it right before this. Well, I was just say this book kind of reminds me a little bit of, of of Harry Potter, a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons. So for anyone who that's likes, what I was thinking of, it wasn't even a book to read. Okay, it was a movie, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Wait, I was no just say if anybody stuff. likes that kind of that kind of miss or that kind of um, fantasy stuff, they will really love uh, Soraline. So, Melody, what? What's so big about this book that you really enjoy? I mean, what's what what really captivates you? Makes you want to read it again and again and again. The mysteries, the fantasy, the fun. Yeah. Okay. And you know what I really like about book two? What's that? Okay, I'm not going to give this away, but um. Well, you can. I mean, it's. No, no, Dad. We literally left this as a mystery, so I'm going to leave it as a right, mystery. Right, but well. I think. Madame S is one of my favorite characters. Okay. Except for a little part, which I'm not going to spoil, but. Yeah, there is a, there is a slight turn in the story with her, but I won't, yes, again. It's I, really cool. I won't give it away either, but yes, it is a cool. The is my favorite of all. <laughs> Your own, okay. I really want to see what person it was. Yeah. All right. Um, Wait, I have an idea then. What's that? Listeners, just pause it here. I know you probably paused this a million times now, but just like pause it and then finish the book and then come, come back, back and listen to what I'm about to say. All right, spoiler alert. Go ahead, Mel. Okay, the omen 
It's Dreamer is actually the fairy she's been following. Uh, Go back to book one because it gives it away. Yeah. So, um, well, let's go ahead and pivot and head over to uh, Paola Anatista's side of the book. So her art style. What do you think of the art in this book? What do you like about it? I like that it's like kind of cartoony, kind of realistic. Same as the first book. Yeah. I like it because it like it shows you, hey, these are people. It's not just random cartoony looking things. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the artwork on this creature that they found. The chimera. The what? Chimera. Is that actually its name? Yes, that's the name of the other creatures. It's called a chimera. It's half, or it's like five different animals. Yeah, it has yeah. it has five animals. Yes, yeah, it's called a chimera. Um, I don't know, wait, just other yeah, you know, I have to, I have to really say, I really enjoy um, the art style from pa- Paola. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading this. That's right. Well, I like how she gives a lot of good, a lot of great detail in the book, and the backgrounds are really, they really pop. They really help tell the story, and the way she does the panels, it really shows a lot of movement into the story. It's, it's a great eye catcher. Um, so yeah, that's what I think of the art style. And as Melody has said, it's definitely something that she enjoys. So Melody, let's go ahead then and uh, move on to our our uh, rating. So it's buy, borrow, or bust. What would you give this book? Buy it. Okay, so you buy, put buy, it as a buy. You know, I agree with you. I think it's definitely a buy. I would go out to Amazon or your local bookstore or uh, anywhere where you get your, your, your books and pick up a copy of Soraline Volume 2 to go along with Soraline Volume 1 because they're both really great books. It's a really great story. Definitely the story itself ends off on a cliffhanger so we could hopefully see a Volume 3 in the, in the near future. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you want to add about this book or about uh, the storyline? Uh, no. Okay. Well, folks, thanks for listening to this episode of Comics with My Kids podcast. Check out more episodes at the comicscornerbox.blogspot.com. Leave us a rating or viewing at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Follow us on Twitter for all of our episode posts and news at Comics with Kids. What? Also, check out our Facebook page, Comics with My Kids. And you can email our show at comicswithmykidspodcast at gmail.com and we'll put your name in a drawing for free comics. What kind of comics, Dad? Well, family-friendly comic books, of course. Yeah, some from Free Comic Book Day and some from our own personal collection that we want to share with our audience. Also, I want to point out that if you want to help support the show and support your love for this, this podcast, we have a Threadless store. That's right. You can get your own T-shirt or phone case or mug or something with our classic logo or our new logo on it. It'll help support the show and you get to sport around a t-shirt that says our podcast and hopefully spread the word of, of this show. All right, well, thanks and have a great night. Or breakfast or lunch or brunch or dinner or snack time or tea time or supper or dinner. <laughs>